Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome to the Stub Club. It's officially the title. Um, sorry. So, uh, thank you for joining us on this quarantine evening. Um, Xavier, how is everything going in your house, man? My house has been pretty boring, but I've been getting a lot of things done in the house. Oh, by the way, Casey. Xavier. Xavier. Um, we're your lovely host today, and I hope everybody's doing fine. Uh, it's, I'm tired of people saying, it's getting crazy out there, man, but I'm just, I don't know, personally, just kind of ready for it to blow over, which is kind of a casual way of saying I don't care if people die, which I'm not saying. I'm not saying. No, I don't mean to be offensive on this episode, because we have enough of that going on later. <laughs> oh, boy. But today we're here to discuss what movie, what movie are we discussing, Xavier? Blazing Saddles. Mel Brooks is Blazing Saddles. Yes, Mel Brooks. Uh, if you have not seen this film, we are going to be uh, diving into spoilers later. But at the same time, we're also going to be discussing kind of the the conversation this movie brings because uh, it's definitely one for conversation as far as. In today's world, we have the, you know, we call it woke Twitter. We all have a cancel culture. We have social justice, whatever you want to call it. Uh, this movie does not care <laughs> how you feel at all or what you think or believe is correct. And I, it, there's a lot of things that I think this movie is really misunderstood in a lot of ways because it's not just like it's the offensive movie, you know, because of its use of, say, different provocative terms uh and it's we'll talk about later but uh blazing saddles mel brooks a lot of people aren't going to know who mel brooks is but uh young frankenstein the producers uh you've definitely seen some of his movies or heard of them at least and uh one of them i guess since he's not our generation but uh as far as comedy films go, the seventies and eighties. I mean, he was like the guy. Life of Bri- Life of Brian is that him? Wow. I, um, I know Spaceballs is Spaceballs. Yes, Spaceballs. So um, definitely, he's definitely in the realm of the top one of some of the best um, comedy film writers and directors from Hollywood ever. But Blazing Saddles. Let's talk about with you um, your. Where did you hear about that? We're, we're, we're 26 or 25? I'm 26. We're 26. This movie's made in 1974. Mm-hmm. How did you hear about this movie and when did you see it? I stumbled across this movie because my uh, my grandmother, my grandmother, she showed me that movie and I was like... How old, how old were you? I was probably 14. Really? Yeah. And uh, I was surprised myself whenever I watched it. I was like, you, you like this movie? I was scared to like it. You were scared to like it. I was it. scared to like it because I was like, you like this movie? And then what, 14 was, is what, 2000? That was, 2000. It was early 2006. Maybe, yes. Yeah, because yeah, like in 2004, like fourth, fifth grade, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, that's where I first learned it, my grandma. Well, she was like, hey, I want to show you this movie. No, we because we it's used to. It's got a black sheriff. No, funny funny thing is we used to, we used to watch westerns and everything <laughs> together, and she loved like shows uh, such as Bonanza and The Rifleman and stuff, and she loved Western stuff in general. And she showed me that, and you know I was laughing, but after the fact I was worried. I was like, should I be laughing at that? But 
You were afraid she was going to smack you upside the head. I was afraid, but then again, why would she smack me? She showed me. Right. It set me up for failure, but. Right. Huh. So I I think I probably saw this for the first time. I want to say it was later than 14, probably more of uh, 16, 17, 18, maybe even later. So we're looking at 2010s plush. But this is. You see, you watch it when you first watch it. You, like you said, you're like, I'm afraid. But why are we afraid to like it though? It's just, it's just comedy. It's jokes. That's true. But I think, I think it's because, I, I like, I think, or what I said earlier, I think it's misinterpreted or misunderstood. So people think it's uh, because of the use of the N word. Dun oh, yeah. dun dun. The mighty N word. The mighty, the powerful. Um, people think it's a. You know, it's just it's just a comedy, just using the N word casually, or it's, uh, I don't know, it's degrading to to black people, uh, but it's not that. Mel Brooks and uh, these are some. We're gonna throw some facts in here. Yeah. Uh, Mel Brooks made it as a parody on the Western movies, because fun fact, back in the Gap, uh, Western movies weren't a joke. <laughs> they weren't. The, one of the lowest, I mean, the, in the horror genre, you've seen parts of that where horror is almost like a joke. You know, they're bad. Usually, typically, you think of a horror movie coming out, you think it's probably going to be bad. Oh, well, yeah, especially nowadays. Especially nowadays. But back then, that's all they were popping out is westerns, westerns, westerns. Or, you know, uh, a centralized urban western where it's not technically in the, you know, in the countryside desert, but you still got someone who is the cowboy, who still is the Lone Ranger sheriff for the powerful almighty. But Mel Brooks made this movie as a parody on the Western because, and he talks about this in an interview, which I will be linking down in this episode because it's a fantastic interview, his commentary on the film. Uh, he talks about the the white savior, like in the, in the in the Westerns, always being the one to save the day, and there's never a black dude around, and he was pretty sure if a black dude showed up, nobody really would like him. And so he made he decided to make a parody on the western genre, saying, uh, "No, I'm pretty sure not all of them are great heroes. Some of them are probably assholes behind closed doors." <laughs> and uh, that's what this movie is about. It's not about just a black sheriff and white people using the N word for comedy. It's actually it's actually a stab at white people, which is I think is funny. And he also talks about how when the film was released, he got more compl- he he got he got a he said he got a few complaints from black people. You know. Which is okay. Which is okay. This is normal. Which is okay. Understandable. They said most of his complaints were from white people trying to trying to tell him he shouldn't be using the N word. Most of the black people thought it were hilarious. That's in nineteen seventy four. I don't think it's ever the the problem with the word. It's the problem with that people take it to heart personally. It's the intent. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, why would you worry about that? Yeah. So, um, this movie. The the setup is just really funny. It's just a typical white male prospect. Right from the get-go. Right from the get-go with all the big money uh, in the Western. He has all the money. And all the black people are rich in the Western movies. Uh, he's building a railroad. There's some quicksand. We need to turn it that direction. <laughs> There's a Rock Ridge town. And, uh, well, how are we going to get all these people to comply to put a railroad in the middle of their town? They're not. I got an idea. What if we send a black dude as the new sheriff <laughs> and that'll just, it'll self-destruct itself. And that was the goal. That's the whole plot of the movie right there. Pretty much. 
and then Cleveland know, Little. But then it it it's quite a it's quite a good movie throughout, and it takes a turn towards the end. Right. Uh, so these are some of the facts that I learned when I did a little bit of the research. Before we dive into the movie itself, uh, the working title for this film was Tex X. So Malcolm X, Tex X. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, So obviously, this is uh, this is one of I guess you wouldn't say the only one, but this is where Gene Wilder really shines. Like he he takes this movie and elevates it to a whole another special. He makes it really really special and. Um, Mel Brooks and Gene Wilder became best friends on the movie The Producers, mm-hmm. which was before this movie, the movie before the movie Mel made before. And he told him he's making Blazing Saddles, and Gene Wilder, Mel Brooks says he begged him to let him play Waco, the Waco Kid, and he's like, "No, nah, you're too young. I need someone with you know with some wrinkles in her face. Looks like a real cowboy, you know? Because Gene Wilder doesn't look, he looks he doesn't look like a cowboy. No, he looks he, he has a particular look to him, which is interesting." It's a perfect Willy Wonka, by the way. Side note. He's a candy man. Candy man. Can- um, but Mel Brooks actually uh, wanted Dan Daly, which was a comedian back in the day. He actually died fairly after this movie was even finished or released. I think it was 1976 is when he passed away. Um, he approached Johnny Carson, late night host. Johnny Carson declined, which I thought Johnny Carson would be very interesting. Imagine, I don't know, see what would be the equivalent of a Western today, like maybe a superhero movie or action movie and be like, Hey, David Letterman, we want you in black Panther too. I don't know. Just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, Jay Leno, do you want to be the villain for suicide squad too? I can we use Conan. Conan. Hey Conan, do you want to be in Seth Rogen's new Riddler? The Riddler is dude. That's actually not a bad Conan O'Brien is the Riddler. I can see him doing his little dance that he does on his... Them leg, wonky long legs. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Carson declined, and he actually asked John Wayne himself. They had dinner, and uh, he says that... Uh, he told John Wayne about it, and John Wayne said, uh, I'll tell you what, give me the script, which is back then... Uh, it was like an outline. He said it was only like 40 pages or something. He said he gave it to John Wayne. He's like, well, we'll meet back here tomorrow, and I'll give you an answer. He said he read it. Next day, they came back. They had lunch or dinner or whatever. And John Wayne said, that was hilarious. I laughed so much. I love it, but I can't do this. And he's, Mel Brooks says, uh, the quote was, a uh, the quote he says from John Wayne was, I can't do this. It's too dirty. I'm John Wayne. <laughs> Which uh, I'm glad John Wayne did not play Waco the Kid because that had been too, too obvious. Like, that's almost like you're making like this way, the way back movie with Ben Affleck come out. Mm-hmm. It's as if some all-star NBA college athlete or whatever from Duke played one of the kids or something. It's just too on the nose, you know, but it would, it, it would have taken away the, the parody element. Cause John Wayne's the Western cowboy, the serious, type. serious type that always wins yes. for, from what I understand. Funny. I have never actually seen a John Wayne film in my life. That's pretty good. Really? Mm-hmm. Side note there. Ugh. But, uh, Johnny Carson, John Wayne, I thought that was super interesting. Uh, Mel Brooks, his son was also born at this time. During production of the film, and uh, like I told you, um, his first choice was actually Richard Pryor. It was actually a big selling point that uh, if he if Richard Pryor didn't sign on, he didn't really want to do it. And uh, he begged the studios, and the studios and some of the people were hesitant because 
people knew about Richard Pryor's cocaine issue. Oh, yeah. So a lot of people were like, he's a little out there, he's a little crazy, he's uh, smoking. <laughs> and uh, a lot of them didn't want to do it. And then it turns out that uh, Richard Pryor had some other, um, what do you call it, commitments. Mm-hmm. And he just told Mel that he uh, wouldn't do it, but he's still, Mel should still do the project. And uh, he, did, he talked about that when him and Richard were writing it, uh, that Richard wrote the character Mongo. Oh, gosh. And that Mel was writing the Black Sheriff. So they were both writing each other's colored character, but um, he, said, he said it was a really great, he said it was a really great mix. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about this movie because it's, I guess we've been talking about but the, the actual movie itself. Um because it starts out, you got the Blazing Saddles theme song per the beginning of this episode. And, um, yeah, we see that scene where he's there. It's, the N-word's the first use in, like, the first, like, two, three minutes where they're talking about, well, we need to get the... What, what were they doing? He's, they were, uh, they were, of course, building the, the railroad. Yeah. But he's like, you know what, uh... Or well, actually, it opens up with him basically walking up to them and telling them, "Well, you guys all out here lollygagging around, <laughs> you know, like basically parroting what somebody would say in that time to a bunch of minorities that have immigrated." And then he says, uh, basically, pulls up saying, "Oh well, we found some quicksand up the up the railroad tracks. Why don't we send over a couple of niggers?" <laughs> That's when they're on the little trolley thing, and they go yeah. down. And uh, and uh, he tries to he tries to basically play it off like he's not black. Yeah. <laughs> is that and then he says, uh, "Sing us a song." Oh yeah, and then so uh, his name Tex. His name is Tex. Yeah, yeah. and they proceed to tell him to sing us like, it, it, a good old a good old nigger work song. A nigger work song. And yeah. he pulls out, busts out this, you know, oh, the champagne. Yeah. Ooh. Full uh, full on like country song that you would never think that somebody would. Like no colored person would say. No, they were singing some like bluesy jazz. <laughs> but they wanted to, wanted them to sing something something more stereotypical. Some work slave song. Some work slave. On the road again. <laughs> On the road again. Uh, right from the right from that little. I ain't got no champagne or whatever. He says, "Ooh," and they did a little falsetto in the back. A little. Uh, I loved it. From there, I was like, "I think I'm gonna like this movie." It was, it was very. It's very creative. Like you know, people were thinking, "Oh, they're gonna go straight for the, the old, like ragtime and black people singing Negro spirituals." Yeah, but they went straight for it. You know, straight straight for white people right then and there. Yeah, and they're like bam. Okay. No, so, not, I think what the what helps not what helps, but. What makes the movie a lot is that interjecting of, uh, well, you you have stuff like like that, like where they're singing music that really wasn't back in eighteen because the movie's based in eighteen seventy four, so they don't get no blues jazz like that. They don't have a or later and far far later than the movie when you have, excuse me, you have like German soldiers, oh yeah, like uh, signing up to <laughs> destroy Red Rock or Rock Ridge, um, those kind of things. Uh, so yes, yeah, so they devise the plan. They're gonna send a black sheriff, and my one of my favorite scenes is when the ringing the bell. Everybody's getting ready to welcome the new sheriff, and he's riding in the background. He's coming, <laughs> and somebody's looking through a telescope, and he's like, "What does he says? The sheriff? Uh, yeah, he's like the sheriff. Is he he's coming? Like, he's yeah. like the sheriff's coming. <laughs> the <laughs> sheriff is near. It's like no, god dang it, damn, damn it. <laughs> and the bell's ringing, ding. 
Yeah, it's, it's that, that part right there is such a classic. And, you know, once he comes around the corner, everybody sees him. Everything just goes dead silent. Yeah. That's so funny. And then the, the sign, like, folds up. Oh, yeah. And he walks over, just, like, <laughs> unfolds it back. I don't want everybody to see that I'm the sheriff right here. <laughs> just... Uh, but right there, it's, that's when everybody draws the gun on him. Oh, yeah. It was like, he's like, excuse me while I whip this out. And everybody, yes, while I whip this out. You're like a girl, like, and then I love the self hostage. Oh, yeah. And he's just like, if anybody moves, doesn't nigger good shit. Exactly. Everybody, everybody pulls out their guns and then he's just like, hold it. Hold it right there. And I mean, it's so funny. Right until he gets into the, the sheriff's office, and he's like, "Help me! Help me! Help me! Help me!" <laughs> and then he said, he closes the door. He's like, "Oh, baby, you're so talented." Yeah, and yeah. they are so dumb. <laughs> like right there, we know white people. White people in this western movie always playing the same people. They're dumb oh. because yeah. because they're expecting something. They're expecting a stereotype, and it's not. It's just a person. It's not. But, but I mean, like, that, that whole thing leading up to that, you know, you're thinking, were people actually really that stupid? Probably. Could they, could they pass for that back probably. in the day like that? But they probably could have. You never know. And that's the first time he breaks the fourth wall. Yes. He looks at the camera, and he's like, and they are so <laughs> dumb. <laughs> that's like the first fourth wall breaking. Um, Man, I have so many things written down. But yeah, I love that. And then, um, let me see what I have. So then, that happens. He is it the first time? Is that where we meet Gene Wilder? Uh, it's after. It's after that because he. Uh, they sit. They're sitting there, and he's hanging up wanted upside. Posters. Oh yeah, yeah. And then he hears him crash, and it's just there's Gene just dangling down upside down. Yeah. yeah, he says, "Are we awake?" And he opens his eyes. Says, "Are we?" Black? <laughs> yes, we are. I love that line. Are we black? Yes, we are. Um, I have I have written down. I'm sorry, I can't think. I have Grandma getting punched. Oh, yeah. there was a there was a brawl. Remind me again. Yeah, that's uh that's after you. I know, just watched this yesterday uh, and to finish it today. No, that's after the fact. Like after the meeting, the them meeting first in the in the um, in the governor's office and everything, and then yes. and then he meets with. Uh, he meets up with Headley, and they're yes. talking about working up a number six on him. Yes, 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 yes. And then everything just like you know, it pains in with like, you know, this music, and and I'm saying like the town is great, you know, hyping up the town yeah. pretty much. And the next thing you know, all these marauders come riding in and beating up everybody. <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah, I wrote down. That's where I wrote grandma. Somebody was holding grandma's arms behind her. Then some guy was punching <laughs> yeah. in the stomach. <laughs> yeah, two guys were holding the grandma, and there's a guy just. Get letting her have it, and she she sit there she sits there and she's like, "Have you ever seen so much cruelty?" <laughs> and just goes right back to getting beaten up again. Just no, does not skip a beat. It's funny. That's great. Um, and so then that's when I think after that was when the governor scene happened with Mel Brooks. Yeah, uh, that was. I have it written afterwards. So I think it's afterwards. I believe it is afterwards. Um, yeah, Headley and uh, Mel Brooks mm-hmm. or Gov Gov Gov, which he is. I love him in this. He play he play but he also plays the uh he's a almost a parody, but politicians are so stupid and dumb that he plays the dumb politician with his eyes crossed and he's like, 
Hey, bunny. You're looking at the lady's breast. How you doing? Good morning. Huh? Bro, it's so genius how he put that in there. He's parodying him, acting like one, but he's also got the advisor yes. that's just leading them in. All right, now like, sign oh, here. Sign here. And he's just moving his arms around a paper, <laughs> signing it. All right, what's next? One next? Anything else? Anybody else? And then he got the little the paddle with oh, the yeah. ball thing. He's like, these things don't work. They're nothing. <laughs> but I love how they keep going back to the uh, person getting People are hugging. Mister, we have uh, another room. Uh, we have room at 3 p.m. <laughs> And uh, at first it's a at first it's a man in a wheelchair getting hung. Yes. And then it's a man in a horse getting hung at the same time. But I love that you never see it. It's just like you just hear the sound of the, the hanging. And he's like, I think we have room on Monday <laughs> if you want to bring him down. Because they're planning on hanging the sheriff. Exactly. Because they're going to pin him for. Uh, I forgot exactly what they're going to pin him for. It is basically pin him for hitting Taggart. Yes. Yeah. So they're going to. Yeah. But I love the horse and man, which is the, the noose around the neck, and then just, all right, I'll see you Monday. Thank you. Thank you, Miss. Uh, but I guess Taggart, Taggart was pretty funny, too, because after that, the, you hear the hanging of the horse, and he just, like, jumps to, <laughs> to him and just like, oh, shh, it's okay. It's only just a horse and a man being hung out there. And then after that is when, uh, I don't know why I wrote this down. I can't remember. So the, the problem is there's so many good – Little lines and moments. Oh yeah, that there's so many to remember that when you rewatch it, you'll forget one and you'll laugh because it's it's just so good. The movie is so good that you'll you'll enjoy it again and again and again. But well, I he wrote, just sneaks them in. They're pretty quick too. Cattle being. I wrote down cattle getting raped. <laughs> Somebody said something about cattle getting raped. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Uh, do you remember that? Yeah, it was at the church scene. That, that, okay, the church scene is because no, that's when everybody's. That's what, all right, after right after they all get attacked and they're in there talking to each other. And yes. he said. Uh, Children, or he said, children stampeded and cattle raped. Cattle raped. <laughs> and then they're also making fun of people in church and the people that are just not thinking and using their brain mm. and just being logical. Uh, oh, and then I wrote down everybody being right about being right. Well, I agree with so he's right, but we need to stand up and blah blah blah. And some people probably wouldn't even notice that, like you know, it's kind of funny because it goes back to everybody's got the same last name. Yes, they're all like basically. Related to each other, it's kind of oh, it's so funny. Uh, that's a good scene. Um, then the harump. Oh yeah, and like with the gov scene back with uh Henley or Head, Headley Headley. Yeah. It's Headley. It's Headley. Um, I didn't get a harump out of you. <laughs> it's your. I'm gonna get your ass. <laughs> oh man. Um. So then, kind of goes on. Uh, Black Sheriff has a Gucci saddlebag. By oh, the yeah. way, I love that. Um. Oh man, so many notes. Excuse me. Um, I wrote this down because I thought this was very interesting in how Mel approaches Mel Brooks uh, approaches his comedy writing. He said, um, "When actors play it straight, and a situation is absurd, that's when you get comedy." So you have these characters who are playing it straight. As far as uh, it reminds me a lot of The Office, whereas Michael, take Michael Scott for example. Um, he plays it straight as he is genuinely he genuinely believes and thinks he and believes what he says. Yes. So when he when he when he um when he when he calls Oscar a faggy, <laughs> um, he's just joking. He's been genuine because Oscar is his friend and he likes Oscar as a friend, but he doesn't realize the mistake he's making when he says it out loud because yeah. it is it's it's not a nice term. And the situation is absurd, but because he's so genuine and he comes across as genuine, plus Steve Carell is a great actor, um, that's what makes it funny. Yes. Just like when Kevin Malone 
I'm sorry, I'm talking about office references, but it's a good, it's a good, it's a good example. Um, when Kevin, you know, is crying to Holly about eating, you ate all the maple candies that you brought for us. <laughs> you know, this character is crying about candies, a grown man, but he's genuine that he's, he's heard he's that hurt. someone ate his candy. And, exactly. but the situation is absurd and that's what makes it funny. The same thing with this movie is the sheriff, Gene Wilder, the characters you believe are genuine and, just the way they're played and written, you you believe them, and you believe that they believe what they're saying is true. Yeah, and uh, that, that's what makes it funny. Because I mean, it's to the point where it's it's so you can take it seriously to the point where you know that man, this actually sounds pretty compelling. I mean, <laughs> I'm just like, whoa, yeah. So I thought that was an interesting note from the one and only Mel Brooks. Uh, so like I said, this takes place in 1874. Uh, it's white savior racism. Oh, yeah, and then, then uh, Mel Brooks also talked about he wrote it um, as a parody in the Western, but as a, as a racism against the blacks and how they're... How in 1874, when they make all these Westerns kind of set in, back in those 1800 days, this is how white people were. <laughs> surprise, surprise. You know, I think it's crazy that slavery is not that long ago. No, it it's really, not. It really isn't. Like, what are you going to say... Hundred years and hundred and a half years, yeah, some, yeah, just give or take, depending on what right. decade you're from. You might right. say it's worse in you know the 30s and 20s, whatever, but it's not that long ago, and we're already making fun of it. We're already making a half, we're making fun of how stupid the idea of hating someone because of the color of their skin is, which is a is what's absurd. But when you take characters like these, you make it a parody on those stupid people. That's what makes it funny. Yeah, and. You know, screw white people. I'm going to say it myself. <laughs> screw them. Oh, no. I think they can hear us. Oh, no. Uh, I, I'm i glad because when he, he talks about when he showed this to the execs, um, none of the, some of them laughed. But afterwards, he said it was quiet for like 10 minutes. They were like talking to themselves. and But nobody wanted to. No, obviously, they weren't on board because he had full creative control to do what he wanted. Mm-hmm. And they didn't want to. They, they were. They were going to just eat the movie, eat the cost, which, uh, if I remember correctly, it was like two and a half million dollars to co- uh, cost to make. Um, and they didn't, they didn't want to, they didn't want to screen it. They didn't want to took it to theaters, and they thought it'd be a lot of backlash. And they got I'm sure they got some back in nineteen seventy four, definitely. But uh, like Mel Brooks said, a lot of it was white people trying to defend black people, and the black people thought it's funny. So it's just white people again trying to be the savior, and trying to be the leader in. What's right and what's wrong? Well, we've done a bad job the past, <laughs> past freaking three hundred years in this country, or I guess since, uh, well, more than three hundred years. Um, oh yes, we go. I wrote this down as well. This is also funny. So, as soon as, which is funny to think that Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder, because they're also a comedy, sort of a comedy duo, but them. It Cleveland Little does a, a fantastic job oh, this yeah. year. No, I mean. Richard Pryor would have been different, uh, probably a little more raunchier, maybe. Because Richard, I can just imagine Richard Pryor being louder. He would have a little bit more over the top. A little more over the top, and I think this movie already has so much over the top that when Cleveland Little uh, is super relaxed and kind of laid back as a sheriff, you know, he's he's not. I think it helps just balance the movie a little bit. But I mean, you know, it kind of brings in the whole you know black vibe, you know, black <laughs> black dude vibe. You know, he's sitting there just like. Playing it cool, you know, sitting yeah. back and just like, well, here it is. Watching the white people do yeah, stupid watching shit. Watching them do stuff and, you know, 
But I mean, I mean, he's tried. He he did really good, and he. I feel like it was more himself. He could sit there and just yeah. you know, you know, play it cool and say out his lines, and then he's done. Yeah, that's what Mel said. Was uh, after Richard Pryor passed, they did like twenty other interview or twenty other auditions. And but once Cleveland Little did it, um, when they saw how cool and relaxed he was, they liked it. And they said, "This is the guy." So it's interesting that that's what attracted them at the beginning, and I think that's what works really well for the character because he could be the over the top black guy, or over you know over the top like Richard Pryor I think no, would yeah, be, and um, be loud and yell yell at the townspeople for being so dumb and racist. But then I think it would have taken away some of the comedy and kind of suppressed it a little bit, probably. But I wrote this down because this is a f- one of my favorite lines as well. Um, wake uh, Gene Wilder, wake the Waco Kiss says, "What do you do for fun?" And the sheriff says, screw and play chess. Or no, no, no. I'm sorry. The sheriff asked Waco the kid, wait, the Waco kid, what do you do for fun? Gene Wilder says, screw and play chess. And he goes, let's play chess. Oh, let's play chess. <laughs> that's a great line. And that's that, and that, what, three exchanges, 15, 20 words maybe, and that's mm. comedy. Like that was, let's play chess. Well, I mean, it's just right off the bat. You're just like, you're thinking about it and you're like, at first, you don't think about it because you're like, "Wait, what did he mean by that?" Oh, and you see his facial expression <laughs> yeah. change. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so, um, sorry, I'm trying to think of all the things that happened because there's so many good moments. Um, grandma telling him to up yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they were talking in the office, and then he said he tried to go out. And introduce himself. Yeah. And he's like, you're not going to be able to get to, into these people's heads. Yes, that's right. And he's like, well, no, no, I just, you just have to assert yourself. <laughs> she said, up your nigger. <laughs> and then later uh, is when she brings him a pie. Oh, She's yeah. She's knocking on the thing. This is after the, you know, it didn't go very well in the townspeople, and they're still not accepting him. So she brings him a pie. Uh, he closes the window. He's talking to the Waco kid, and she knocks again. And she's like, oh, by the way, don't tell anybody I was here. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, you're still, you still don't get it. It's still pretty shady, but all right, I'll take the pie. Um, and this is when uh, the plan behind the scenes, the uh, he- Headley. Headley. I don't know why it name's so hard to remember. It's Headley. Uh, he is devising a plan to, um, obviously, are devising a plan to take Rock Ridge. And uh, Mongo comes to town. Oh, yeah. And uh, he punches a horse, which was another note um, from the execs that they didn't like that he punched the horse, which oh, yeah. I don't think was real. It looked like it, the horse was trained, obviously. Probably. Uh, but it is funny. Like, he doesn't punch the man off the horse or pull him. He punches the horse in the face. Well, I, lo- I mean, I, lo- I love the entrance of Mongo into the whole uh, city. But, like, him in general into the movie, he's by himself, isolated from everybody yeah. else. And he's got. Beans eating a big old ladle of beans, yeah. and then but he's eating everything, and then he gives him that cigar and he just like puts his whole head into the fire. Yes, and that's that's the I think I missed I already passed that, but I need to go back. That was another big thing was the big farting bean scene. Oh, the execs didn't like that because and that was like because farting was you know overused, it was childish oh, or yeah. it's easy, but for whatever reason, farting is funny. I mean, especially it's, something like that, though. It's relatable. Yes. And that's what Meltzer Melbrook said. He's like, if all these cowboys in these damn westerns were eating beans and drinking coffee, they would not be nice to be around. Mm-hmm. And so that was the, that was another joke on the westerns. It's like, y'all aren't being very realistic. But that's realistic, though. I mean, you already know. You're eating a bunch of beans and bread. You're going you yeah. to be doing something. Yeah. And I uh, I read that um, 
they actually turned it up. So it's not like a regular like, fart sound you would hear in a movie as far as the volume mm-hmm. of it. They turn it up really loud to like, just. <laughs> that's why it's so loud. Like, <laughs> and I'll insert a clip here. And that it's just funny, and nobody said anything. Everybody looks in pain. They're lifting their they're lifting one of their legs and they're farting, and it happens for like 15, 20 seconds, and it's funny. I mean, it is. I laugh to this. I'm twenty six and I still laugh. They say, "How about some more beans, Mister Taggart?" I say, "You had enough." (laughs) It's a great scene, but uh, they wanted that cut, and I think I read also that in the UK. Um, they didn't cut. They didn't cut the noise out, um, but they muted the farts for that's, for their television. That's weird, isn't it? What you would go out your way just to do that for that yeah. scene? To, uh, for to cut it for TV. Mm. To um, that doesn't make sense. But but Mongo, yes, I I love his entrance into the city, and then uh, he goes into the bar where everybody's at. Yeah. And everybody's like, never mind that shit. Here comes Mongo. And he just busts through the door, takes the doors off the hinge. Yeah. And then it just cuts pains back to uh cuts to uh back to the sheriff. That was so funny. I just I love, love it. it. Um I have written down Lily Von Stoops. Oh yeah. So this is when she has her scene. She's a German, I think. Yeah. I think I'm a German. Um her she's singing her song, I'm tired. <laughs> She's very tired, and all the men are obviously hooting, hollering after her. She got her big cahoots sticking out and trying to show all the boys, but she's tired. The song is great. Oh yeah, I I'm mean, tired. Basically, what everything, what everybody that would do working like one of those houses yeah. would want to say, but they could, they couldn't. Yeah. And uh, but the whole the the goal is from Hidley Hidley. It's funny because he he corrects people his name in the movie. Oh yeah, and I still get it wrong. <laughs> Headley, um, he had a little their little meeting when he's like, "Oh God, please let me touch you," and he's like, uh, "Let me just breathe, yes. breathe on me," uh, you know. But the his, their plan is to uh, lure the sheriff in and get catch him red-handed, and uh, <laughs> so uh, you know uh, the sheriff and Waco kid are watching. She does the little act, and she leaves, and somebody gives the sheriff a note, and it says, uh, I'd like you to join me in the dressing room. Yeah. And he reads dressing room. Just she, like she, how she Just talks. like she talks. So even that, just those little things like that I love. Um, so I love that scene where he, she, you know, he meets her. Uh, he's playing it real cool again, the cool sheriff, the cool black man. And... Uh, she turns the lights off. They get it on. She's playing with. They playing around, and she likes it. Hey, you just hear the. So is it what you? Is it true what they say about you? You people? Yeah. And you just hear. Just I think like, she goes. It's true. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. And uh, so she, Lily Von Stoop, has a good time. And uh, I guess the next morning, possibly. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's all over him. She doesn't want him to leave. She can't live without him. And uh, 
Stitzenglobin. Stitzenglobin. Uh, it's great because, again, that would never happen in the Western. But the white dude can sleep with the white girl. Oh, yeah. And, of course, she's going to be all over him. But a black man? Is it true? It won't happen. It won't happen. Not here. But on black, as in saddles, it does. But, I mean, like, I mean, on that part of his exit, he played it cool again. And he's yeah. Like, I'll be the same, baby. I'll be the same, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, he's got to go. He had a nice time, I'm sure. And this is when... Um, this is when things ramp up and the plot thickens. Dun, dun, dun. Thick. Thick boy nation. Sorry. <laughs> uh, that sounds like a bad YouTube channel where a bunch of like white dudes are posting their TikToks. Thick boy nation follows on TikTok. Yes. Uh, we don't do that here. No. Uh, th- but this is the next scene is when all the white people sign up to be villains. This is when they're, oh, they have yes. their handouts. It's been signed to be a villain today, $100 per day. Um, and then you have people signing up. You have, uh, I think there was a Germans. Yeah, there Germans, were Asian. KKK. KKK. Uh, there was, what a Mexican the, biker gang. The Mexican biker yes. gang. With, they have their, they have their uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, the handlebars The handlebars That sit on top of the horses Like literally They're not even on a, a Motorcycle Yeah it's like, on But the you horse. can hear the sound But you can hear it Yeah um, and This is where another one Of my favorite lines Whenever you have, like, The two KKK guys <clears throat> I think it's annoying Saying KKK eh, After mean, a while KKK, I mean Ku Klux Klan Yeah I guess But I guess They're annoying White anyway. supremacy I mean you can You can put it either way um, <clears throat> Facebook what um, <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg what but they're sitting, they're standing in the back, waiting in line to sign up to be supervillains. And uh, Gene Wilder says, "Hey, boys, <laughs> I got him!" And he pulls him out. And then what does uh, Sheriff say? <laughs> hey, where are the white women at? Why? But he says it real funny. It's not like he's a, he's just like he's, not, he puts pulls him out. And he's like, "Hey, where are the white women at?" <laughs> hey, boys, look what I got here. Hey, where are the white women at? I love that. That's one of my favorite ones. I'm gonna start saying it more often. I love that part. I mean, even whenever they were uh, they were signing up, and then that, that one guy comes up and he's like, "Arson, rape, mayhem." It's like, yes. wait a second, what do you have in your mouth? Nothing, nothing, man. <laughs> Tex pulls out gum. He's like, he's got gum. He's like, oh, did you get more for everybody else? <laughs> well, no, I didn't I think. Didn't and then he just shoots. <laughs> but no, you're right. No, the guy before him says. So what? Uh, what is your specialty? He's like he's like rape, murder, burglary, and rape. He says, "You said rape twice." I was like, "I love rape." He's like, "I like rape." <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what. This movie has probably I would I'll go on record saying the best character actors in a movie. Exactly. I'm talking like back to back to back. I mean, there's multiple characters with little moments like that, and they just work. They shine. You 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 laugh. You remember them. It has some of the best character actors, supporting character actors, whatever you want to call them. Uh, I think in a movie, bar none. None. They 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 do really good, and they they sit there and, and they depict the character so good. And they're sitting there, and you're like, okay, this guy is pretty funny. And you know, you would think that they would. No one would think about that at that time. But yeah. they're just like, okay. Yeah, you just acted that out really good. I'm I'm convinced. So, what's next? <laughs> That's true. Um, it's so stupid though. Like I like rape. <laughs> it's because it's. I think it's a numbers thing. Like you said, rape twice. I like rape. 
Like, why? It's just funny, man. It's, it's like, did you really have to say that? But all right, we'll just go. But again, it's the absurdity of that yeah. he's serious when he says it. I like rape. But it's also the way he's in. I like rape. <laughs> uh, so they take the KKK uniforms, and now they're in line, and uh, they have to, uh, they're washed, they're, uh, they're signing up, but the sheriff takes the pencil initiative and takes the pencil, and he's like, oh. And so Gene Wilder, Waco kid's like, Oh, you need to wash up after a weekly cross burn. What did I tell you about this? And he shows his palm, which the palm of a black person is obviously lighter. And he's like, oh, see, it's see, coming it's off. It's coming off. <laughs> uh, it reminds me of uh, Django. Oh, yeah. I never really thought about that. That very Django takes, I don't want to say Django. Django and Blazing Saddles are different, but they're also the same in the comedy of stupid people being racist. Yes. And the absurdity of it. And... Uh, it kind of reminds me of that. The whole, I can't see out the damn eyes. They don't fit. The holes are wrong. <laughs> and he can't see anything out of the, the KKK uniform. But uh, I heard that, uh, and this was interesting, that obviously when someone says, that this movie, Blazing Saddles, couldn't be made today because everybody's so offended. But really, it's the person that does pretty close to doing this kind of thing is is Quentin Tarantino. Yes, Quentin. And then uh, even whenever we had the problem with um, with uh, Kim Jong-un in the, the interview, interview. Yeah, I mean stuff like that. It would make it. It would be a very controversial thing, mm-hmm. but as usual. But I mean, people still go watch Quentin Tarantino's movies. Yes, people would still watch Mel Brooks's movies, and, and like people watch Seth Rogen movies yes. and James Franco. Yes, <laughs> exactly. They still watch it. I mean, there may be people there would be offended, which you can't get past anything these days. Right, someone being offended. But it's just it's just an understanding the the intent. It's like we're not. And people, just, and people, and people still. Some people throw crap at Clinton Tarantino for using the N word. It's wow. a white man writing the, but it's the absurdity of it. We he's, he's we get it why we it. should and we why why people when white people do say it, it just got, they don't understand the context. But he's never the one saying it though. He's like, uh, he's never the one saying it. It's always his people, his actors mm-hmm. saying it. And you know, Samuel Jackson. I mean, yeah, Samuel Jackson wouldn't work in with him if he didn't. Respect him, dude. Exactly. So I mean, people need to lighten up. In this in this household, we respect the Jackson family, <laughs> or Samuel Jackson, by the way. We we respect the Jackson family too. Which that dude is my side. No, that dude is aging like fine wine. Oh yeah. No. I mean, can I get some of that? I mean, black don't crack. White surely does, and I'm sick of it. I'm tired of putting on freaking all these freaking mud mass facial crap. That's not fair. He's beautiful. Casey, you're very beautiful too. <sighs> I wish. Um, but back to Blazing Saddles. Um, Sorry. So now we have the plan of Rock Ridge. Uh, Sheriff and Waco Kid have got everybody rounded up, and they're going to build a replica town just down the way, which obviously is... Uh, and then so they build a replica town over, <laughs> overnight. And when the villains come, they're going to blow them up. Mm-hmm. Great. So simple. Great. But we need people in this town. Everybody build replicas of yourself. Everybody builds replicas of themselves with moving heads, like bobbleheads. Yeah. And, uh, of course, all of them, all the villains come into town shooting and hollering yeah. and, and shooting. And then you see the black sheriff on the rock. All right, everybody, plug ears. We're going to blow it, you know, shoots the dynamite, little stick, shoots it down with the box, and it doesn't blow up, and, oh, no, so what are we going to do? Waco kids going to save the day. Do you, you know, obviously, I love how he's, his hand shakes. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, we didn't even talk about the, can you draw the, I'm going to put your hands right here by the chest piece. And I'm oh, like, yeah. I'm going to get it faster than you can do it. And he just does it. He just opens his hand. It's not there. It's not there. I will raise my rent. <laughs> uh, I love that. I love that little just. Um, I mean, also like the, the thing before the, um, whenever they figure out that they're going to have to build the city, a replica, they have to slow down the guys first. They're coming. So they put a, uh, like a toll booth. Yes. The toll booth. Uh, and it's just in the middle of nowhere. And they're like, oh, well, somebody's got to go back and get some dimes. And, but they could easily go around it, but it's, oh, yeah, it's they just, do one at a time. Uh, I also, I forgot about this. So when they're building the fake rock ridge, they, they get the railroad workers to come the black. And yes. some of them are, I guess, Asian, Asian. Um, but most of them are black. So they said, so the sheriff says, they going to help us build this overnight, but they want some land and they deserve it. And so the, one of the dudes says, uh, he says, we'll give some land to the chinks and the niggers, but we ain't no land for the Irish. <laughs> no, no, no. Everybody, everybody. So uh, I just like how they, the Irish aren't getting any land all of a sudden. And, but yeah, that's, that was right. I love the, the tollway zone per person. They're like, Oh hell, what are we going to do? Um, <laughs> And this is and this is now this is where things get wild because um as they're uh the Waco kid shoots uh the dynamite from mm-hmm. that far away with with a pistol. With a pistol. And uh it, sh- it does some damage, I guess. I think it was more so just like a whole boom surprise, like fireworks, bam. Scare tactic, yeah. And uh so then they all charge the fake rock ridge. They all start fighting Everyone's fighting, and this is where the movie takes a turn of making. It makes fun of how serious westerns are, so it's zooming out, zooming out, and then you see it's on a Warner Brothers lot, <laughs> and then it's turning and seeing lost like little big, huge Warner Brothers warehouses where they're filming other movies. It's basically making fun of westerns, taking themselves so seriously. In Mel Brooks, Mel Brooks saying, "This is a movie." Your westerns are movies. Quit being so serious all the time. <laughs> Making fun of Hollywood. Yes. Going, this is a movie. And y'all are, it's just, it's, I love it. It's great. But I, I just love how that how it gets to that point. And, you know, once it pains out and you see the whole studio, it goes immediately, cuts to. Uh, the French Mistake the French, or Yeah, they're singing a, a song called The French Mistake, which was your written. Bum. Hold it's on a, your hips. Stick it's an out. original <laughs> song that they wrote. Uh, and. They everybody is just bust through the wall, yeah. and then it stops the whole production, and it's hilarious. Watch me. It's so simple, you sissy Marys. Give me the playback and watch me fang it. Throw out your hands, take out your tush, hands on your hips. Give them a push. You'll be surprised you're doing the French mistake. Voila! Shit. Have you got it? Yes. yes. Sounds like steam escaping. Action! Okay, oh, wait till I get out. Wait till I get out. 
for Mel Brooks. Not in the face. Thank you. Everybody, come on, girls. So then when the, the, uh, the Western set barges into this French set, <laughs> dance musical, they all get into a brawl. And, he's, and then one of the dudes, uh, he's like, get off our sets. This is a close set. He's like, the hell with that one. He said, I work oh, for Mel Brooks. Not in the face. No, and he hits them in the stomach. And uh, then one of the one of the dancers goes, "Come on, girls, let's hey. get him!" And they all just <laughs> trickle down and skip to him, and they all start fighting. I love it. And then you see some of them are fighting, and then some of them are swimming together and synchronized, just swimming. Oh, yes. Being, I, I mean, even one of them even like hooks up with one of them and says, "My car is parked on the other side of the commissary." <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. I love that. Uh, that. That full, just like full on chaos in it. Yeah. Just like, you know, stuff is trickling down. And then it breaks into the cafeteria. Oh, yes. Where you have like Hitler and everybody's dressed in different characters because they're on the. It's Warner Brothers cafeteria for like people oh, who are having lunch. So they miss me. They they lose me after the bunker scene. <laughs> yeah. They lose me after the bunker scene. Well, but I mean, like everybody's like sitting there fighting in there and then it's still like everything is still going on like it's supposed to. Even the lunch lady. He slides on there, and everything on him, she counts as ringing it up. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, there's a pie fight. Oh, yeah, the pie there's fight. There's a random nowhere pie fight. Everybody has pies in the face. and um, but, uh, What was th- it? Then you have the tourists walking by. And she's like, and here's the Warner Brothers cafeteria. They all come out. They're all covered in they pies. They go in. They come out. They're all covered in pies. And then same thing with uh, Headley. He goes into the – he comes out the bathroom. Yes. He looks around. He's like, oh, and walks back in, comes out with pie all over his face. Yeah. That uh, sorry. Um, then then we then we go to everybody's out of the cafeteria, running out of the Warner Brothers lot into the streets, still kind of fighting, <laughs> running from slash running from each other. And uh, Headley goes to uh, then we see the Chinese theater and it's Blazing Saddles playing as a movie. Yes. And he goes in looking around, make sure, and he watches and he sees what's happening in the movie, so he knows what to anticipate. But then he sees the sheriff and Gene Wilder, the Waco kid, um, going towards the movie. He's like, oh, shit. And he gets up. He walks back outside. And he's trying to look for him. Then he gets caught. I mean, what's so funny about that, like, he – what's so funny about that part is he comes in there. But, like, through all the chaos and trying to run away, he still manages to buy a box of Raisinets. Yes. He's like, Raisinets? I'm like, <laughs> Raisinets? Who wants to buy some Raisinets? But it's such a, it's such a funny way to break your fourth wall. Where you're sh- you're showing your movie playing at a theater that's not finished because yeah. it's part of the movie. Exactly. It's super fun. It's really I love it. But I mean, I mean, even then, like once he comes out and they're like, hold it, and he's like, oh, all right, Headley, <laughs> or, he's, or he's like, hello, all right, Lamar, <laughs> and then uh, you, uh, and he's just like just basically a standstill and basically kind of like going to try to go back into the old time like standoff. Yeah, and he's like, all right, puts his gun down. Do like, fight like men. We'll fight like men. He's like, oh wait, I do have a gun, and he just action roll shoots him in the 
and then just like <laughs> then i mean that part is just so good and, and then pay uh, it goes into seeing him hit it hit the girl hit headley hits the ground and he sees this guy the stunt the stunt guy and <laughs> <laughs> and he reads his whole thing and he's saying, how did he do such incredible stunts with such little feet? <laughs> and he just dies. Face face plants into the cement. Um, I love that um, self-awareness thing they did. I thought it was, it makes it just makes it more fun. Oh, yeah. It's going, this is a silly movie, just like all your other Westerns are. But, but I, mean, I, I mean, I love it. Even like, you know, the breaking of the fourth wall. Uh, I mean, it's just so good. And then everything just... Uh, leading up to that that part, but I mean, then again, you know, we go into them and kind of like the ending, you know. The, now it's back at Rock Ridge. Yeah. There is no Warner Brothers lot. Yeah, it's cl- a movie again. The classic ending, you know, everybody is meeting up with the the hero, the savior of the town. Oh. It's funny, and then um, so you know he's so he decided to retire from the town. He's going away. Waco kid's like, what you gonna do? He's like, oh, come with me. So they're right off to the sunset on horses, and then they get into a limousine. Yeah. <laughs> And then the limousine takes off into the sunset. <laughs> Classic actor, yes. uh, how that would work. But it's a fine movie, and it's only like an hour and a half. It's super short and sweet. It doesn't, doesn't overstay its welcome. I, I don't. I feel like they didn't have to force any jokes. No. I mean, it's just them flowing out, you know, how Mel Brooks wanted it and directed it, how he usually directs his comedic style. Yeah. Which you see this movie's fingerprints all over Young Frankenstein. Oh, oh yes, like it, in Spaceballs, like you feel, and that, that's just this the comedy. That's just how he rolls. I, I mean, but I th- I feel like everybody was so good at it because he they could he made it comfortable to the point and directed it to the point where everybody would just be one. Yeah, I mean that com that kind of comedy. You know, you don't think. You don't have to think about what you're doing because you just want you want to be as funny as possible. Yeah. But you want to be so comfortable that nobody you don't know you don't have to worry about messing up because everybody's there to support and everybody's there trying to make a movie that Mill Brooks they is very very well known. Mm-hmm. They just want to be a part of it and do good. Yeah. I wish there was more. Um not movies like Blazing Saddles where it's uh, super absurd and slapsticky like this, but. Just movies that had comedy that I could appreciate. Like, yes. um, you know, some people probably thought this was going to be like a black comedy. Oh. Or, uh, I don't know. I just, it's interesting how this that this kind of movie, not its absurdity of its uses of language or uh, themes, but just this kind of comedy isn't like, there's not a lot of comedies, I guess, these days that are as... I want to say classic or as gra- I want to say groundbreaking, but as I don't know. Well, I mean, I, the comedies nowadays. I mean, there's not many. There's a few that I can say that I'm just like, okay, I thoroughly enjoy that because of its idea yeah. and it, what it brought to the table. It's not like other comedy comedic movies. So, but I mean, I think that Blazing Saddles type of comedy brought forth like a a good. I guess like a good, feel, good feel type comedy. Yeah. Like you know you're sitting there you're thinking, wait, okay, I know this all this comedy you know it's you're thinking in it's in stacked order and mm-hmm. you know that, wait, this kind of comedy we already know what kind of comedy this is but we know that it's based based off of real life it's yeah. realistic. Yeah. Yeah. I um, I think it's great. I mean, um. 
And I'll, I'll tell everybody, yeah, again, go check out the the interview I have in the in the link and watch the commentary if you have the Blu-ray. Uh, it's fantastic. I uh, it's one of my favorite comedies. I think it's timeless. Clearly, I mean, oh. what is it? Nine, nine, forty. I mean, twenty twenty four will be fifty years. Yeah, that's wild. I mean, it's. I mean, it's pretty good. And you know, it's aged really well. Yeah. Oh, and absolutely. I think more people know about it these days. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's on Netflix, right? Yeah. It was. I know that we played it at our theater too. Yeah. Not so long ago. So. Everybody knows it's a it's a really it's a cult classic. Yeah, and you can keep going back to it. You know, keep having a laugh. I'm gonna definitely show my kids. Oh, that. absolutely. I mean, especially when they get old enough to understand. I'm just like, hey, I want to show you what your what your father likes yeah. or what he likes. Yeah, I guess, I guess movies that have convers- like have a are based around a conversation such as white people being racist or poor people and rich people like parasite like yeah. the lower classes or or Get Out is another example of where you have white people in the racism and the the the, the black people that yeah. that kind of conversation. Um, I don't know. Just dude, I'm trying. I just I hope it just never. I hope they never. Not that people can cancel it, but I just hope people appreciate it and understand its uniqueness and why why I think it's important because it's just comedy, man. You can't not make something funny. Like when we made our joke about Kobe Bryant. Oh yeah. It wasn't even it wasn't even a mean spirited joke. No, it wasn't. I've seen I saw worse. I saw way worse on the internet. Oh yeah. But once people try to take the power out of comedy, which they can't, comedians won't let them ever. Um, you you take away the use of what people can say and can't, and I'll be damned if that doesn't happen with me. <laughs> Bobby, people try to take the the comedy out of it, but it's kind of like sucking the soul out of the creativity that someone put their yeah. soul into. And you can't take comedy away when actually a good majority of people think it's funny. Right. I just can't imagine going to see this movie back in the G'day. Of course, it was a different world. And I probably would have been different. I definitely would have been a different person depending on who raised me and where I was. But mm. being a white person, seeing that and being mad. Mm. Like, that's so, so silly. Well, why, but I mean, it's just like how people get mad. Like, why people get mad at certain things that... Uh, the black people say nowadays, but even then, the black people don't accept their like their anger. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's really rough. Okay. So when a black the last time I saw a white dude pretend to be a black dude was Rob Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder, but that was a little unique situation. That was funny. But when a when I see a black person do an impersonation of a white they're like white dude mm-hmm. voice, for some reason, dude, I think it's hilarious. I, I mean, it's funny, dude. Nah, they're it, so. I don't know. I just how you mean you can just switch it up and like hi Gerald how are you doing yeah would you like go to the the bank today <laughs> I want to put in a deposit all right cool uh, can I uh, I like to buy my mom some flowers and uh and from Kroger it's just caviar you say oh <laughs> I love it uh I don't know I just think I just wish uh, I'm just over white people let's cancel them let's cancel them right <laughs> here just kidding I I think I wish that uh, well I hope over time. People could become more understanding because if you think before you speak, mm-hmm. you'll have time to relieve yourself of anger. Yeah, and you'll be like, "Okay, that I shouldn't be too mad. I shouldn't be mad at that. That's actually pretty funny." Yeah, give it a break. You yeah. know, uh, I can't recommend recommend the movie enough. And if anybody's listened this far, um, I'm sure you've appreciated as much as we did. Hopefully. And uh, we hope you loved it as much as we did. You can follow us on the socials down below. And give us your thoughts. Hopefully, I didn't get in my facts wrong because I try to do the best I can around here. <laughs> um, 
Xavier, what, what, what uh, should we rate the movie? Uh, I'd I'd actually rate the movie thumbs up, thumb down, at least a thumbs up. But it's zero def- out of ten, it's definitely a nine out Rodner of ten. Rodner spoiled for me. tomato. It's a nine out of ten for me, but I mean, because you know nothing's perfect, right? But the comedic style, everything that Mel Brooks puts into his his art, it I mean, it just flowed so good, yeah. and you you know you keep laughing. There's no little slot where you're not laughing at that yeah. movie. Yeah, and um. With that, I will sign us off. Xavier, thank you for being here. Yes, sir. Thank you. Follow him below at The X-Man. I'll have all his socials in mind down below. Thank you for listening to Stub Club. Hopefully you're quarantined and washing your hands and stay safe. We love you. We'll see you next time. Peace.